Hey everybody, how's it going? JT here. Uh, JT Nickel on Reddit at Pro DJ Casey on Twitter. Once again, hanging out with the EVM Mavericks on Discord. If you want to join us on Discord, that would be great. We've got a link in the description below. And uh, if you're already here in the uh, Discord, hello everybody. We got quite a few guests on stage. On behalf of the ETH Finance community, we're excited for another round of the Daily Dudes Hour here on the EV Mavericks Discord, of course, and YouTube. Smash the like, hit the bell. This is episode number six, February 10, 2023. And uh, quite quickly, we're going to jump right in. I got Nick Solar Kish on uh, Zoom joining with me. Hello, Nick. So good to see you. She's hey. She's all the way down in South America, somewhere in the jungle, I heard. So we're, we're glad that you could get the satellites linking up. We've got a panel up on, on stage with us. Uh, and any of you that are in the audience on Discord, feel free to raise your hand, get up on stage. You do not have to be an, a Maverick holder to enjoy this show. This is a celebration of ETH Finance. And uh, so here we go. We're going to go real quick, uh, talk right, right down the page. Um, all hail the eternal crab. And according to the Trinity at Midnight, reporting in the price of Ethereum by Vinegar Strokes was $1,541. And a Haniabu 0.071 on the ratio, filling in for the almighty Nixorakish on the ratio mention. As I mentioned, Nixo's on, on a Zoom call with me. Um, let's see. I think we got our POAP is ready at the checkout. There's a POAP checkout at dailydudes.com. Okay, so dailydudes.com for the PO app. Uh, proceeds from the PO app are being held and will eventually be used for a public goods. This month's main sponsor for this is uh, Grid Plus. We're giving away a Lattice one and two packs of safe cards worth $480. If you purchase a PO app, we're going to collect all those PO apps over the course of February, and we will do a drawing on the first Friday of March, and I think we're gonna be doing that live from Eat Denver. The giveaways by Grid Plus exclude, and this is no joke, exclude uh, China, uh, mainland China, Russia, and Vietnam due to regulation. So I have to put that out there. Additionally, stick around after the live stream today because we continue the party in the hotel lobby on Discord for a bonus hour of popcorn time. It's a fun place to let loose when the parents are no longer watching on YouTube. Hi, Mom. So it's always time to start out. We're going to go right in with our ship post of the week because we like to save the best for first. So uh, take it away, A-word. Yeah, the ship post of the week. Crypto woe currency breaking news. According to the official Bitcoin core release notes, allow users to attach files to Bitcoin transactions. Yeah, these attached these attached files will be stored in the segregated witness data of the chain. And here we have this old school looking interface. This is just uh, incredible. So uh, thank you so much. That that is the ship post of the week. If you're uh, not able to see this on Discord, make sure you go to dailydudes.com and you can open up the imager file on your own. They have the upload file four megabyte max. So that was uh, that. That was just genius. So great job to Chris. Uh, I got a I got a lot of respect for this one because he really sold it with the Segwit uh, <laughs> data storage there. He got me, man. What a great troll! That is so good. I love it. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, let's go down to our haiku of the week. Uh, JS Tears reads documentation blockchain accommodation build generation further down the page we go to zero tricks on this day let's start all the way back in 2016 this is crazy eth tickles the amygdala from 3.9 dollars to four dollars and 40 cents or zero one oh four three on the ratio 2017 uh, Shapeshift, there's an old classic one, huh? Eric Voorhees finds himself holding some extra ETH to use as payments since Bitcoin is becoming too expensive and delayed. Moving on to 2018, the public beta of Akasha Emergence is launched. A decentralized social network on Ethereum and IPFS. I want to ask the panel, 
Do any of you remember Akasha and did you join it? I I do remember it, but I didn't ever join it. Uh, that's a blast from the past. I like, I like that one. And you know what? They're still around. Uh, a yes. lot of these things that zero posts, I mean, they're dead in the water, but this one's still going. So yep. definitely worth checking out. I, uh, I was one of the first people. I need to find it. Um, I was one of the first people to post on Akasha, and the team is really sweet, very reachable people. Got They've got a unique kind of outlook on the way um, you could do decentralized social media. So uh, cheers to that team. I hope they're doing good. <clears throat> Excuse me. Coinbase launches Coinbase Commerce, a payment plug-in for e-commerce. And uh, you know what? That's definitely still around. All right, 2019. ETH really whips the llama's ass from 120 to $125 or 0.032 on the ratio. In 2020, Trent Van Epps lists the top five miscommunications about Ethereum, and uh, those include ETH2 will never launch. ETH2 makes ETH1 immediately deprecated. There will be two tokens. I mean, he had, he had, that was such a banger. So you should go back and check that out. In fact, I, I would love to get Trent Van Epps on one of our live streams someday. Super nice kid. I say kid, he's just, uh, he's a gentleman. And he's just much younger than I am. <laughs> uh, let's see, we got Ethereum-based, 2021 Ethereum-based social media project Unite pulls the plug due to high gas prices. And that seems kind of true for a lot of uh, social media trying to do... Um, transactions and you know text is transactions it's just too expensive 2022 MakerDAO launches a 10 million dollar bug bounty on immunify and then boy look at that eth take my energy 3241 back to 3078 I remember feeling like, wow, anything under 3,000 is a steal. And then it's like you move those goalposts. Anything under 2,000 is a steal. Good days. <laughs> I think it's all a steal. I'm just uh, eternally bullish, uh, even in, despite all the uh, recent news. So there's your, uh, your uh, this day in history. I was going to see if anybody else wanted to chime in before we move on. All right, let's go ahead and dive in. A-word, take it away. On February 3rd, Cheeky Gorilla reports back from the Idleweiss Interop Workshop. By Edelweiss? now. I, yeah, Edelweiss, I Edelweiss. guess. I, I'm doing that in my best sound of music um, voice that I can. <laughs> <laughs> By now, you've probably heard last week was the Edelweiss uh, Interop Workshop, the successor to the Amphora Interop, where Ethereum's core devs spent a week together in the mountains to work on withdrawals, 4844, a.k.a. proto-dank sharding and EOF. I was invited to join due to my work on the protocol guild, and even though it still feels like a dream, I wanted to share my experience, especially as someone without a technical background. Was the workshop a success? Absolutely. To uh, quote a core dev, we left with a flawless Capella Shanghai fork, and there was a 4844 testnet with all but one client team. 4844 in July, question mark, eyeballs. I'll admit I was incredibly nervous going to this event. I couldn't sleep properly for days in advance. I was literally going to meet the majority of my heroes, and I was 100% going to be the dumbest person in the room at all times. Well, I can happily confirm that, quote, you should never meet your heroes, end quote, does not apply to Ethereum's core protocol contributors, contributors and they go on. That's a really nice post. This makes me so happy that this guy went to DevCon, which was just a few <coughs> months ago, walked up to the table and was like, hey, competent human being here in person, would you like any help? And now he's in the room with some of the most important Ethereum people in the space. Um, and it's just, it's that easy to go start contributing, <laughs> especially when you put your face out there. Yeah, you never know until you you do it. So cheeky gorilla, uh, fantastic job! That was a really nice post. I'm gonna I'm gonna tip some gold here on the live stream. Why not? 
Very good. Let's yeah, uh, is, go ahead. Anybody is, else? All right, this is really beautiful. That's all I want to say. This is really nice. And uh, just like Nick said, it's awesome that the developers of Ethereum are so approachable like that and uh, open to adding people to their team and everything. That's that's awesome. That's a great story. That sums yeah. it up really well, the whole ecosystem, I think. That's that's awesome. Yeah, so East Denver, if you want to get in the space, go to East Denver and walk up to people and say, do you need help? Um, yeah, it's that so, easy. It really is that easy. If you have the skills, go for it, guys. Especially and people even if with... you don't have the skills. Because, <laughs> I mean, this guy all obviously has some imposter syndrome, too. You should definitely walk up to people you see in lion t-shirts. <laughs> oh man, I'm, I've, I forgot about that. Yeah, there's going to be some EV Maverick shirts getting tossed around. That'll be fun. Very good. Um, let's go ahead and move on to the next one. Yeah, February 4th. Canadians1993 thinks that the U.S. tax laws are inhibiting solo staking. Boy. <laughs> This was a hell of a hell of a time to post this. This was last week before Kraken. Uh, Canadians 1993. I love the way you spell Canadians, by the way. Unclear tra uh, tax treatment for staking in the USA. Is it a centralization vector? <clears throat> Let me explain. Retail has a choice. Staking on, say, Coinbase and it prepares and sends you the requisite tax form every year. You forego a small percentage of your staking rewards in exchange for this service, and you must entrust your ETH with a regulated custodian, which introduces centralization risk. Or, per the current IRS position, solo stakers must record revenue for each attestation every six minutes, for each block produced, which is random, and the tips in the MEV, which is also random. There is a valid legal argument for staking rewards to be taxed when sold, not when received, but the IRS has dismissed it. And this person goes on uh, with, with a link to uh, proofofstakealliance.org, and there's some other information there that you should read. What This is just... This is just such a timely post, in my view, because of just all the recent stuff that's that's kind of hammering um, at least the centralized staking uh, providers uh, in light of Kraken. Uh, we'll see what the positions are for Gemini and Coinbase. I, uh, I would I would love it if anybody either on stage or in the audience has something they would like to share about it. I have my personal opinions about Gensler, but this isn't really... Um, about the SEC thing. I think it's just, this is more related to the taxing and the IRS position. Anybody else have any comments on that? Um, I, I heard about half of it. Sorry, I was focused on something else, but I just think it's insane how you would have to claim on taxes every six minutes attestation gains. Um, is that even possible? <laughs> like, would you just average the price of ETH over all that? Is there a better way to keep track of that that we even know of? It this is what people mean when they say staking is a full-time job. That's you got to sit at your computer every six minutes, start calculating. <laughs> I, think, I think what's really crazy here is what he's saying is you're going to get double taxed because then when you go to sell that ETH, you probably have a gain or a loss uh, when you actually convert it to fiat. So you're getting taxed on it as income every six minutes, and then you're getting taxed whenever you cash it out again. So, um, yeah, double taxation right there on the same income, basically. Does anyone know off the top of their head what a single attestation is worth? I know it's 13,400 guay. What's that in pennies? In pennies. <laughs> uh... Seems like a problem for the IRS to figure out. About tree 50? <laughs> Yeah, it's it's just uh, it's such a murky water where all this is headed. You know, we it's it doesn't help that we're getting things handed down without clarity of what does what is appropriate, right? So it's this age old. It's I say age old. It's this 
new age crypto problem where you have institutions with legacy vocabulary and legacy definitions that just don't fit. And they're trying to make the square pegs fit in round holes and without any clarification on, you know, the path forward that, I don't know. I mean, part of me is like, you would think that the, you would think that the three letter agencies would enjoy tax benefits that come from this. It's like they, they're doing certain actions that are inadvertently putting a stranglehold on employment opportunities. It's like choking. It's one thing to like regulate protocols of what you can and can't do with it, but there's people's real lives and their their entire, you know, careers are being drained out of this. At a time when the economy at on on the whole is struggling desperately. And if we're really going to help people succeed and help the quote unquote little guy out, you know, we got to have some fertile ground of new space to expand employment opportunities. And when you do that, you increase the tax revenue from it. So 13, you know, go ahead. 13,000 guay is two and a half cents. <laughs> there I calculated, we go. calculated that as well. 2.5 cents uh, right every six minutes. We're doing so math today, so you don't have to. This, <laughs> this is not tax advice. <laughs> Worth it. <laughs> Oh man, that is beautiful. All right, you know, let's move on down the list unless anybody else got anything to say. All right, February 5th, VV Pan quells our expectations on the current state of rollups and their future development timeline. I've been known to come off kind of negative about the state of rollups. I do think that long term they are the absolute best way to scale blockchains. Justin Drake the other day blew the minds of all participants of Bankless Bullcase for Ethereum by saying that the synchronous composability between ZK rollups is such that different different rollups can combine their liquidity into single pool that dank sharding does not break that composability. Yet the key is long term. Optimism, the oldest optimistic rollup, has not yet gotten to fraud proofs, and neither has Arbitrum. And ZK is much, much more complex technology that requires highly skilled, mathematically skilled developers to implement and will roll out slower, at least because there is much more potential for bugs. Although Justin Drake said Ethereum research team recently figured out how to add, quote, training wheels, unquote, to a roll-up. I think this tweet, and it's a hyperlink tweet, from Scroll ZK EVM account is telling about where we are. I am not saying this to be a downer, but to say that we have to have realistic expectations. Uh, big announcements for mainnet of this or that roll-up or some new improvement to one are galore, and sometimes I feel like they are borderline disingenuous. I understand their teams. They reach significant personal milestones, and they want to share. But a secure, decentralized, general-purpose roll-up of any kind seems to be behind the horizon for now. Anybody have thoughts on that? And that's a deep one. Uh, I don't think I could come up with an opinion off the top of my head. I mean, he's kind of putting roll-ups against ZKs. And so, I mean, they both have their strengths and weaknesses, but that's a good post. A lot of food for thought there. I appreciate that one. All right, let's go ahead and move on if we're done reflecting on that. February 6th, analysis, Nicola J shares DeFi Savers' latest figures. Uh, by the way, if you didn't know this, uh, this is a little inside baseball on a DeFi Saver. I think I'm trying to remember there was a, uh, there was a developer once upon a time named Nic Nicola that had passed away due to a drowning Um if any of you remember who that was, how, uh, and a lot of people were thinking it was Nicola, uh, from DeFi saver. And there was a frantic search in the daily to find out if that was true or not. And Nicola said, no, 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 I'm fine. In fact, we have five people on our staff named Nicola <laughs> and none of them were involved in the, 
in the drowning accident. Anyway, that's a little side story. Hey, fellas, wanted to share something we put together recently a DeFi saver, a dedicated page for various leveraged ETH staking options that you can check out. And then they list a link. We added support for both Aave version three and the new weath based deployment of Compound version three in the past two weeks. And both offered new interesting options for leveraging LSDs versus ETH for amplified staking yield. So we thought this made sense. For now, you can find different ETH options across Aave version 2, version 3, and Comp version 3 uh, and ETH in there, as well as CBeth and ETH combo available. This is a mouthful, isn't it? Available in Compound, which is at net, net negative yield at the moment because of high pool utilization. And they and they go on. I, I don't. DeFi Saver has uh, been a sponsor in the past. Uh, for uh, Hodler Khan and Nicola and their team have been ad, uh, active members of the e-finance community for, for a very long time. So I, I really love it. Even after all these years, uh, Nicola still stops by to drop by or drop in the alpha on what's going on over there. They never stop building that. That project is an ever evolving um, tree of wealth. So hopefully you guys are taking advantage of it. Anybody else in here use DeFi Saber? Go ahead. I really wish that I was better at learning how to uh, leverage the liquid staking derivatives and um, DGEN strategies in general. I probably need to sit down and have a conversation with Logary. Um, but I, I wish that I was better at that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah, you see the. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, you're fine. Go ahead. Uh, you just see the posts all the time, just, you know, singing the praises of DeFi Saver, just saving people when they either were away from getting to their calls or their PC or travel or just in general, you know, just like kind of an overall safety net. I'm wondering, I'm, I'm thinking back to when the, we had the, uh, cascading liquidations what year was that 2018 i think even uh compound vaults and maker vaults were getting liquidated and uh i i wish i knew the the tale of the tape during that time but in general every time i read about device saver it's about how uh robust and yes to your point how many people are very satisfied with their product product i can't think of one instance where there was a widespread mass issue with DeFi saver. So, you know, in, in our space for anything to survive, it's kind of like new restaurants in town, right? If they can make it through year number two, there's a good chance they're going to make it, right? Especially if they do continued building and releases. And uh, it's just, they're also listening. That's another thing I've seen people do is ask for features, and then their team will implement it. I mean, that's a that's sign of a robust engineering initiatives based on customer demand and trying to fit everything they can into the market they have. Genius, genius people at DeFi Saver, and that, that's all I got to say about that. Oh, totally. Nicola is, you know, just so in in intertwined in the sub. You know, they're there every day interacting, like you said, taking feedback, asking for asking for feedback. Um, and just, just they're in this space, you know, mm. they're truly a part of the community. Good example of a team that actually focuses on e-finance and listens to what's going on in there. We might be small, but we're mighty. All right, let's go ahead and move on. Yeah, February 7th, me Groovin shares a good news for Gemini Earn customers. <laughs> and they... <laughs> They tagged me in this one too, so appreciate you, me grooving, because that was the first I, the first I learned about it. it. wasn't in my email box or whatever. So maybe some hope after all for Gemini Earn users. There's an email from Gemini. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole thing, but today Gemini re reached an agreement in principle with Genesis Global Capital. Uh, digital currency group and other creditors on a plan that provides a path for earn users to recover their assets. This agreement was announced in bankruptcy court today. 
This plan is a critical step forward towards a substantial recovery of assets for all Genesis creditors. In addition, Gemini will be contributing up to $100 million more for earn users as part of the plan, further demonstrating Gemini's continued commitment to helping earn users achieve a full recovery. So uh, personally, the way I'm reading this is Gemini is doing everything they can to make people hopefully 100% whole. Uh, I think that would bode well for their brand. I think they have the capital to back that and it needs to be done. And I think, you know, they're, they're situated in New York state. Um, it didn't really protect uh, people investing in their products from a whole lot. All the fine print was there, but I think they're standing by their product um, in a way that other people may not be able to. Um, so, yeah, hats off to the Winklevoss twins if they can uh, make uh, all the people invested in their earned program whole. And I don't know if anybody else has anything to add to that. I don't remember the number they put up, but I think it ended up somewhere around like 80 cents on the dollar was like some quick Mac, um, napkin math that um, was cited this morning when I was listening to the, the bankless roll up. Oh, really? So bankless is reporting a 20% haircut possible? Yeah, I forget the exact <clears throat> figures, but yeah, I think it was, it was, a, it came out to be about 80 cents on the dollar of oh, a haircut. There you go. That's uh, so better than better than the outcome for a lot of the other mm -hmm. centralized exchanges. Anybody else want to add to that? We'll move on. I'll look at this audience. Hi there. We got, we got pig city in the house. What's up inside the simulation hashtags here. Chris H man, there's an OG right there. I haven't seen that person in a long time. So, uh, glad you could join us on the discord stage. If you're tuning in on YouTube, you can join us on the Discord stage if you want to chat, uh, listen in real time, follow along at dailydudes.com. And uh, don't forget to grab the PO app. Let's go ahead and move on to the next one. On February 8th, ABC Oath Up. The day in Ethereum contributor shares Zhejiang Testnet upgraded to Chappella. All right, so there's... We have an upgrade here that is a base. This might be a better suited thing for uh, Nixo to comment on. But the way I understand it is this is just further cementing in the uh, withdrawal process, right? So if anybody has any has a better way of explaining this other than my smooth brain, that would be much appreciated. I should also say, if you don't have this person save this a ABC oath up, hopefully, hopefully we're saying your name correctly. They are affiliated with uh, weekendethereum.com, uh, which is uh, owned by Evan Van Ness. And they are a, a regular contributor in ETH Finance. So hats off to weekendethereum.com, which I believe is the longest running continuing uh reporter in the space on all things ethereum uh evan and evan and i will go way back to eth staker or sorry eth trader days uh, became good friends there so i'm really glad that they still participate and uh, contribute to our sub so does anybody have any comments on this and maybe could give us a little more light as to what's going on here it is so funny hearing people pronounce um, names and realizing like how I pronounce them in <laughs> contrast. I don't know why, but I've always read that name as AB Coat Co Hangup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's, Even uh, though the hang isn't there. <laughs> right. I, I, I always read the word coat as well. I mean, they're, <laughs> they're, they're probably going to come at us sometime and maybe set the record straight. But yeah, I like the oath, oath, ABC, oath up. <laughs> yeah um well, but anyway like the, about the actual content of it um the um zhejiang zhejiang um testnet has now go, gone through the um the upgrade that the mainnet will go through when withdrawals are um, through shanghai and the capella fork where withdrawals will be enabled and things seem to be going really well. This is the first of three test nets. Um, they're going to do Sepolia and Gurley again, or um, they're also going to do Sepolia and Gurley after this. Uh, 
And this is like, this is stage one. This is to see if everybody's ready, everything looks good. Um, I haven't heard of any major bugs, any, any anything that people should be concerned about. Um, this is really exciting. You can, and you can now watch on um, the Zhejiang um, Beacon Chain site, which is like zhejiang.beaconchain. Um, you can watch withdrawals being processed. Okay, I'm I'm here now. I'm looking at it online. Interesting. So it's showing yeah. there's so far there's, uh, I've got, you'll see this on YouTube later on. But yeah, they're showing that there's been 16 withdrawals in slot 43,203. You know, this is, this is, uh, it's been one hell of a year in Ethereum, where we executed the merge, right? We swapped the engines at full, full speed on the interstate. And went from a big diesel semi truck down to like something that resembles an electric bicycle with the same amount of data, right? Being able to process all that. Now you're getting to this final part where you're going to be able to do the the withdrawal process. And I just feel like that is just a whole lot of really important things in our in Ethereum's history that are going live. And uh, yeah, so this was this was fantastic news uh, shared by uh, ABC uh, in the daily. So thanks for sharing that. Anybody else have also, anything? This, yeah. This Twitter user who um, is referenced here is the testnet guy. So that's going to be the best source for um, updates on how the testnets are going. Barnabas Busa. Barnabas Busa. Oh, man, that sounds like. A... Um, did you mute yourself? Or did it? Can I just suddenly? Oh, yeah. I, I muted myself. <laughs> Barnabas Busa. That is like an incredible name, right? It's like. A, Love it side character in the avengers right <laughs> the ethereum avengers <laughs> is my mic working now yeah we can hear you all right yeah i just wanted to add in i i, I joined the sizing testnet um you know to test it out i ran um you know one one validator with the zero x zero zero credentials that you had to implement like the bls change to go to the zero x zero one that does the you know that enables the withdrawals and you know, I was able to successfully have it do the withdrawals. It, it sends like ETH to your um, your withdrawal address every like 30 minutes, which was pretty neat. And then I was able to exit one of my validators and have, you know, the entire 32 ETH balance, um, you know, go back to my wallet. So it was, huh? it was neat. It was successful. And um, it's a little bit, you know, for that testnet, but there's a couple guides. It's a little bit more technical. Um, to get into it, but I'd recommend it if anyone wants to try. Excellent. Uh, for those of you watching, this is woe.eth. He's a OG friend of ours uh, on the ETH Finance subreddit. And uh, I know why you're doing all this. You're, you're, you're hoping you get a PO app for a... <laughs> Being a tester, I mean, right? I, I, <laughs> I, I may have designed the PO app for this. So. Oh, Of dude. course I'll get it. It's, pretty, it's really pretty, too. So... If you want to, if you want to help validate um, or help test this, you can get a really pretty PO app. That's awesome. Well, good job. Yeah, Woe.eth is a hell of an artist too. So that's that's really cool. And speaking of artists, I, I've been asked to mention if anybody would like to design our daily dudes uh, PO app artwork. Uh, we'd be interested in listening more. I think uh, woe.eth, you might be the person to contact on that or the Mavericks. Maybe one of you guys could uh, chime in and, and direct uh, artists where they should go. We're looking for people to do it pro bono, uh, just like all the, the mods and the people that help uh, with our live stream every week do all of their work pro bono as well. And <clears throat> if you're a up-and-coming artists it's a nice way to get paid and exposures right everybody likes getting paid and exposure exposures um I, i'm kidding but uh if you're interested in helping out pop a little bit of art out there for us that would be much appreciated let's go ahead and move on down the chain here yeah also on february 8th man in the crypto suit revolute one of the more popular European neobanks launches ETH staking. All right, here we go. So I'm going to have to, uh, I had to switch uh, monitors for a second. And so it begins. Uh, they mentioned, let me go back to this. Oh, I messed up. Here we go. All right, that's my sound effects of me pushing the mouse. Um, 
what'd you say? Man in the crypt. Oh, man in the crypto suit. Okay, Revolut. All right. And so it begins. Revolut, one of the more popular European neo banks, launches ETH staking, among other cryptos. And then it points to a Cointelegraph article, United Kingdom-based neobanking platform Revolut, which boasts 25 million customers globally, has introduced crypto staking to its UK and European economic area, or the EEA customers. According to a report from the London-based news agency, uh, let's see, at present, the staking feature is available for Polkadot's Dot, Tezos, ADA, Ether, uh, ranging from 3% to about 12%. In cryptocurrency, staking is a process, and it goes on from there. So, um, ooh, wow, that's interesting. In 2017, Revolut began offering crypto trading services, which have since become a significant source of revenue for the company, particularly with the introduction of products like crypto cash back for premium users. Now Revolut offers trading for nearly 100 crypto assets and also enables its customers to make purchases using their crypto holdings. You know, the irony of this is that in the United States, we have centralized exchanges that are not banks that are not allowed to do staking in Europe. If I'm reading this correctly, you have traditional banks that are allowed to custody and do staking assets. Am I reading that correctly? Does anybody have any words they'd like to comment, especially if you're from the EEA or the EEU? What am I saying? European Union at all? Anybody in here from overseas? Anybody have any opinions on this? I thought that was that was learned to earn classes and all kinds of stuff. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Yeah, I thought, Go ahead. Yeah, I thought, I'm not from the European Union, but I did think it was really interesting that the same week that the SEC comes out basically, you know, putting a hammer down on staking in the US that that the European Union is moving forward. So that's good and that's I mean it's not good for US for the US, but it's good in the sense that uh, across the world it's trending in the other direction it seems like. But and I don't know, hopefully it'll hopefully it'll be a case of, you know, uh, in time they'll realize that this is bad legislation or bad you know position and you know they'll revisit yeah uh well in my my smooth my smooth brain think of thinking about all this is are we at a pivotal moment where and i, I don't want to open up a huge political discussion i definitely don't care about party lines but in general is the u.s fearful of losing the US dollar being kind of like the the hallmark uh, currency for the planet. Uh, you know how a lot of I, I wish we had a macro person that could uh, push back on this or discuss these ideas. Because whenever I see these opportunities opening up opening up across the ocean or in different countries like, you know, South America, or over in the European Union, or even in Asia, it's like, hmm, I'm wondering if they're finding value in this stuff and that the U.S. is just fighting and scratching and hoping that the rest of the world, you know, goes along with our narrative, which is surely kind of kind of in a crypto pivotal moment here and that you would see velocity of, of funds moving away from U.S. shores over into these other institutions, you know? Um, anybody have any thoughts on that? I mean, do you kind of see this do you see these actions that we've been witnessing cracking down on things in the U.S. as them trying to preserve the almighty U.S. petrodollar uh, worldwide? Maybe it's just me. Maybe it's just Maybelline. All right. Uh, I, I probably would agree with you a little bit there. I mean, um, I mean, the petrodollar is going to come to an end at some point, right? We're going to stop using oil at the rate we do, or we'll run out of oil. Uh, so, you know, it's inevitable, I think. Um, so it seems natural that they would try to apply as much pressure as possible to try to prolong it as long as possible. Uh, but the writing's on the wall, man. Uh, all it's going to take is these other countries, right? And then we'll have to fall in line in order to... Uh, the U.S. will have to do the same in order to remain competitive and and compatible with the rest of the world, which we trade. Uh, so, 
Uh, yeah, I, I kind of agree with you, JT. I don't think there's like some massive conspiracy, but I think it's just natural. And uh, capital is always going to go where it's freest and least taxed. So, uh, you know, countries that facilitate and uh, work uh, with the crypto ecosystem, I think long term are going to be the winners of this whole thing. Uh, probably after we're dead, JT, but you know what I'm saying. Well, especially at a time when we're there's so much. Uh, being thrown around in terms of the United States taking over, you know, microchip manufacturing and bringing manufacturing jobs over to U.S. soil. There's a gigafactory going in, and where is it, Arizona? I know just literally minutes from my home, there's a Panasonic giga battery factory being produced. And so the that factory alone, this is a mind blow to me. I don't know if anybody's heard about this, but Panasonic's battery factory they're building in the state of Kansas is going to be up to 5 million square feet in size. Just to give you an idea, that's like, I did some mental math on this. It's basically like if you took nine football fields, or as the Europeans call it, hand egg, go Chiefs, and you stack them up five times, that's like what 5 million square feet is. You know, it's just an insane amount of money and jobs that are being created in the tech sector. Why don't we just finish the job and secure like crypto leadership in the world and just kind of like provide the best tools for the planet to gravitate to rather than to stomp it down? Like you're, uh, you know... You can't get the sand back in the bottle. You can do a lot of things to ban certain on and off ramps in terms of fiat, obviously. But, you know, at some point in time, it's just something's got to give because it's not going to go away. And God forbid we just, you know, give up that technology to other uh, areas of the world and watch all that capital flight. Um, anyway, that's that's enough raining on that unless somebody has some parting words on that topic. I mean, related to this post, this is great, right? So crypto is making inroads into the traditional banking system. And it's not in America, but it's in Europe. And, you know, American banks work with European banks. We all uh, bank uh, between each other. So this is good. I mean, eventually, uh, hopefully, uh, like European banks will say, hey, why don't you use crypto? This is faster, easier, cheaper than our old systems. And we're already set up for it. So just integrate <laughs> yeah. uh, if you want this so I, I this is good i mean this is good anywhere you can make inroads into the old uh trade five system uh is a good thing in my opinion um they'll see the power of it i think they'll see the benefits of it they just uh, they're scared i just know? i just see so many parallels from the beginning of the internet right it took a while for u.s regulators to get a handle on that too so i mean every sure. uh, you know we got to protect consumers i i get all that then punish them don't grant them bail for instance, SBF, right? Like, this is just insanity. But of course, you know, he's not guilty until proven. Yeah. As such, yeah. you know, in a court of law, I get it. All right. Um, we'll whole another topic. Man. Whole another <laughs> topic I don't want to open. Speaking yeah. of which, if you want to talk more about that kind of stuff, stick around after the live stream and join us on Discord because that's where uh, the that's where the party in the hotel lobby takes place. And we can, it's kind of like a pretty pretty good free for all time. All right, let's move on down. Uh, the, yeah, the only go. thing I need to add is I, I, I heard you sneak in that cheese comment. So let's go birds. Hey, hey, you know what? I'm, we, we won't go down this rabbit hole too much, but this is going to be one of the most exciting Super Bowls from the standpoint of you got two brothers from op, opposite teams on the field and, and the Chiefs head coach used to be the head coach of the Eagles. So uh, it's just a nice story. I think it's a pretty unique story in, in terms of hand yeah. egg in the United States. Yeah, it's going to be fun. I'm watching them grease up the light poles right now from my office. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> well, I tell you what, there's no there's no fans like Philly fans. They'll burn the place down if they win. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead and move on down. We're almost done here. On February 9th, the Eatmeister writes, <laughs> current moment feels like we are caught in a wave of uncertainty, but that does not mean you should lose faith. You should not lose faith in the premise of a decentralized monetary system or 
this community. The doldrums of the almighty crab should not deter you from your belief that ETH is the best technological investment at the time. This can obviously change in the future due to a new cryptocurrency slash blockchain displacing ETH or quantum technology rendering our keys worthless. However, it is my belief we are still on the ground floor of an emerging asset class. I remember when I used to tell my school friends to connect with me online, but they didn't even have internet access because they were lacking dial-up modems on their Windows 95 desktops. I found so many great communities online and made great many number of friends in the World Wide Web before it became so commonplace as it is now. In the end, I honestly do not know if the internet has been a net positive in light of the harmful effects of social media and the ease of scamming. Sorry for the rambling, but my point is Ethereum and ETH Finance remind me of those mid-late uh, 1990s internet moments, which led me to think that a 10K USD is a ridiculously low valuation after withdrawals are enabled. The current period is in the Web 1 phase. Think Angel Fire, Zanga, Yahoo Mail, and not even a comparable to Web 2.0. We need some hopium, so I'm going to pro prognosticate a low of 15,000 USD in 2025. Buy now and sell never. Banger of a post. That was such a good read. Thank you, the ETH Meister. Yeah, making my job easy this week. <laughs> oh, man, that was awesome. Anybody else want to chime in on that? Anybody, anybody from the 90s? Whoop, whoop. Do you remember that? You remember those those sounds, right? The fax machine dialing up. <laughs> Dude, I thought my modem was reconnecting for a second. I thought it yeah, no, this is a great post, and and I always draw parallels to the internet, and I I think we're in the early to mid nineties. Everybody says late nineties, but I still think we haven't hit that like moment yet. So, uh, yeah, this one's good. I love it. I remember I had a friend this one time at band camp, not that kind of friend, but he, uh, his, he, his dad was into uh, surveillance and his brother was into counter surveillance and they were both on uh, opposite sides of the same coin back in the nineties. The brother broke into the Kansas university BBS system and posted like a pinup girl on all of the computers on uh, it wasn't Kansas University, it was Johnson County Community College, posted a, a pinup girl on all of the computers on campus because of a, you know, vulnerability. But can you imagine on a 56K BOD modem, you know, doing this bulletin board? I mean, that stuff, that stuff is like doing an Ethereum transaction now without ENS, right? <laughs> and like reading smart contracts and, you know, all the decoding and ABI stuff that's flying around. That feels so much, you know, I think that's a big thing that we have to work on. And it is being worked on is getting that user interface to where, you know, it makes it easy to go travel around and do the things you want to do. Hopefully not to do stuff like he did, but uh, it's, it is such a good post. So great job to Ethmeister. I miss the days back when hacks were just like fun. Right. <laughs> like I put a pinup girl on all the computers or, or I put a funny message on all the computers that you can't escape out of or something. Uh, now there's so much more dastardly. Yeah. Yeah. The, there's no pranking going on. It's not like, Hey, I stole your coins, bro. LOL. Here you go. I'm going to give them back to you. It's like, um, no, that's gone. <laughs> and that wasn't funny. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I didn't like that joke. <laughs> All right, let's go ahead. Is this, go ahead, Nick. There still is the, the small community feeling. Um, and it that is my favorite, absolutely my favorite part about all of this, is that like the community who's into crypto still feels small enough to where people are kind to each other. It's not just like Facebook where millions of people are on there like, making each other feel like absolute crap. Um, people are just lifting each other up in this area. Everybody wants to see everybody else build. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, the bad actors make the most noise and that gets all the three-letter agencies excited and they're they're forgetting about all of us that are really out here working and trying to, um, you know, I mean, shake the, the tree a bit. Thing, 
the craziest thing is like the people who are the um, three letter agencies are worried about are not crypto people. They're not people who are native to crypto stuff. There's mm -hmm. people who are like in the bridging space, like between fiat and crypto. That's a good. And those point. are the people who, who are are scamming people. Mm. That's a good point. Um, let's go ahead and move on. I think we're getting down to the end of it here. Yeah, on February 9th, Ethnocent dropping bombs on the carbon footprint chatter. Um, I don't know. I I made this a personal request uh, of mine because I, I just felt like this person, Ethnocent, uh, made some very good arguments about carbon footprint because it is a it is a hot topic and uh it affects uh everything that we're doing in you know ethereum um the things that we are doing are actually beneficial to the planet versus the the uh the buzzwords of carbon footprint and what's going on with regulations but ethnocent writes the concept of the carbon footprint was the brainchild of an advertising firm working for british petroleum it's the same bucket as recycling trash that goes in the same landfills as general waste more important things to focus on individually sorry for the jaded take and that was the that was the tipping off comment and then uh jelly boy 69 5000 i meant the carbon footprint in a general sense but yeah i could see how we get brainwashed by advertising oh i'm sorry i didn't get the parent comment in here Je jelly boy did the jumping off comment ethnocent replied but here was the meat and potatoes, and uh, I don't think a lot of people saw this. Ethnocent says, I'll use a personal example to illustrate why I don't really think this is a problem for individuals to solve through changing habits, but rather a societal problem that needs to be addressed by government initiatives, regulation, and subsidies. Bullet one, my carbon footprint is large from the food I buy, that is, shipped from overseas there is a little option to source locally even though my country grows a lot of it of that which is sourced locally there are hidden carbon costs that are a result of poor efficiencies of scale in getting it uh, from the farmer to me bullet two my carbon footprint is large from the one and a half hour commute i need to go to work there is no public transport system and no jobs closer uh Anyway, I'm going to move on to the next one. Here's another one. I've installed solar panels, but the impact of the city's carbon footprint is probably neutral. Due to la lack of government planning, these solar panels impact the base load, which results in more carbon expensive gas methods being spun up in times of shortfall. Uh, my clothes, my PC parts, car parts, all physical possessions are all imported, as are everyone else's. There is a hideous cost of carbon from the manufacturing of these items and the ocean transport. Unless there is incentive for manufacturing to happen locally, this will never change. I use a lot of electricity for cooling because my house was designed to extract maximum value from the market and this design is trendy overseas. So instead of natural airflow, it is a heat box with a black roof that absorbs heat instead of reflecting it. I don't have the capital to change this. There's no regulation in place to reduce these ship boxes that being all that's built. And then, and then they go on and on. It's worth it's worth uh, checking that one out in particular. And uh, I'd, I'd welcome any uh, conversation about that if, you, if anything resonated with you in in that post and i and i think this again goes back to at least countries that have the resources to produce the goods they can locally the better right i mean and so this carbon footprint thing is kind of a buzzword i mean when farmer joe down down the the road for me is growing corn but we're importing corn from you know somewhere else overseas or thousands of miles away um when it, there's just not a farm to table method that feeds people at scale locally is it, it that's a pretty big takeaway and at least we've got this uh um we've we've nipped this in the bud in ethereum with our our um, power savings in terms of you know cost per transaction i just hope that that hope that serves to be a good reminder that you know we're in the right space as far as the tech goes um anyway anybody got any thoughts on that before we wrap up 
Yeah, I think it's just as important, you know, to to do your due diligence, just like all things in life, right? Is to like look into what these um, these funds are going to, and make sure they're allocating the right the right funds to the right places, and and staying true to their word, right? Because mm. because opportunistic, the- malicious charities exist, and and marketing buzzwords are real. So, Lobbyists. Um, yeah, just government funding of like carbon footprint fighting legislation. It's like, but, but they're not doing the obvious things, right? Also, I'm I'm just gonna say, um, the the term carbon footprint is a is a real word that came from um, scientific study, and um, climate climate change is real. And um, the I do agree with the idea that I really hate that the um, the oligarchy that we live in right now pushes the agency of fixing this to the consumer because it's not the consumer's fault it's most of these carbon emissions are coming from um really big companies that are trying to optimize their um their profits but that being said people taking agent people taking um having a sense of agency for the carbon that they use does create a market for more friendly things and a lot of it is just marketing buzz and a lot of it's not effective like recycling in the US is absolute crap. Um, and in a lot of countries, um, but just like when, when gluten free started becoming a trend that people were like, Oh, I need to be gluten free. On one hand, it was annoying because not everybody who wanted to be gluten free actually needed to be gluten free. But on the other hand, it created a gigantic market for gluten free things that made the availability of those things for people with celiac disease better. And I think that we should be supporting those things rather than focusing on um, the where that where that phrase comes from. But we should be putting the onus on the big companies that are actually doing um, the majority of that of of the of the issue here. <laughs> I don't know. It's a great <clears throat> go ahead. Oh, that's that's a great point. You know, it's 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 distraction and and kind of the left hand not knowing what the right hand is doing, right? As far as you were saying, like the recycling programs, they've got us worrying about whether or not we're rinsing out our recycling while there are oil spills going on in, in the ocean. Like, it's so yeah, great yeah. point. Vote. With, uh, yeah, vote with your dollar and do as many common sense things as you can. And what I'm what I mean by that is, uh, I've been I've been recycling for you know over 20 years, um, and I I got to the point personally. I have a saying: if I can get to the checkout counter without a plastic bag, I don't need a plastic bag to walk out of the store. Like the brand label on a plat, like I'll walk out of the store with like ice cream and tampons. I don't care. The plastic bag's not going to insulate me from uh, people think I'm weird for walking out with tampons or or keep the ice cream any colder than it would be if I just held it in my hand. Does that make sense? So just don't use plastic products. I mean, the one-off plastics is like a big thing for me. Anyway, I could go on and on about my beliefs on that. I I really wish that we could get a whole lot of other things changed. There's a reason why. I I remember Neil deGrasse Tyson, the question came up of why do we purchase bottled water? Why can't we desalinate the ocean? And it's because the bottlers have are making the money and that's where people are voting with their dollar. They're not, they're not seeking out, you know, locally sourced water for, you know, fill up your own damn bottle and prepare ahead of time and try to avoid using it. If, if at all possible, it's just, uh, it is what it is. Um, uh, hopefully Ethereum, uh, at least from the tech standpoint of, uh, being very, very low cost, uh, will make some efficiencies, unforeseen benefits, uh, long-term. And anyway, um, I think we're going to wrap up. I don't want you to go anywhere, but we are going to sign off. Have a hey, Nick, go ahead. Out of here. I just wanted to retouch on something that Nick said that the carbon footprint thing is not, not an invention of BP. I want to clear that up. It's a scientific thing. It came from the study of a, um, an ecological footprint, uh, which is like your overall, um, the amount of land and air and everything else you take to survive uh, a single person. So uh, that's where it came from. I think what the original poster was trying to say there is maybe they invented the idea of 
carbon offset credits or contributed to that in some way, which is, in my opinion, a total scam. It's just a way for big companies to get away with polluting, basically. Thanks for pointing out. Uh, should should go on the record saying that I do not, and nor does anyone else, fact check everything we talk about on the show. <laughs> we we just read Reddit, so you don't have to. That's <laughs> such is the nature of the internet. <laughs> that is, that is that is uh, that is true. All right, uh, we'll stick around. Uh, we're going to go ahead and wrap up the live stream here. Uh, we got a quick public service announcement for EVM holders. There's two current snapshot proposals that are live that are in need of your vote. Also, put it on your calendar. Eat Staker, Friday, February 17th. Eat Staker is hosting a call with Lodestar at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. And uh, we're, once again, we're putting a call out to anybody that wants to help design POAPs for our Daily Dudes live stream. Remember, the, the Dudes live stream is hosted by the Mavericks, but you don't need the team bowling shirt to get in the door. DailyDudes.com is where you can purchase the POAP, and the POAP's collected over the month of February are going to be in for a drawing for a lattice one by grid plus and two safe cards with a value of $480. Hopefully at some point I want to sucker logic beach into throwing a logic bot NFT in that mix too, because those things are amazing. We'll, uh, we'll talk to him after the show and see what's possible. Uh, let's see the giveaways by grid plus exclude mainland China, Russia, and Vietnam due to regulations. Make sure you stick around after the live stream because we continue the party in the hotel lobby on Discord for a bonus hour of popcorn. It's a fun place to let loose when the parents aren't watching YouTube. On behalf of the E-Finance and EV Mavericks Dow, my name is JT. Cheers and big hugs from Kansas City.